Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Take Three Podcast. My name is Brandon, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Alex. In this episode, we'll be covering the 2021 NFC East Division Preview. So, I mean, we got last year, going off last year, it was kind of a, it was a down year. It was one of the worst years of the NFC East. It was called the NFC Least. But, I mean, I'll toss it over to my guy, Alex. Let's just get some initial thoughts before we actually dive into the teams. Yeah, the NFC East is an interesting division, but not because all the teams are really good. It's more like because they're all going to be mediocre or maybe there'll be one good team. It's like kind of a hard division to figure out between three of the four teams because they all seem like they're going to be lumped together in like the mediocre part of the league. So it's going to be interesting to dive in. Exactly. It felt like uh, the, the NFL's graveyard with the injuries in the NFC East last year, a lot of injuries. But I mean, without further ado, let's just jump right into the first club that we're going to cover in this episode. It's going to be the Philadelphia Eagles uh, coming in off of last year, 4-11-1. Quite a year, quite a uh, newsworthy year in Philadelphia. Their win total for 2021 is set at six and a half via DraftKings and just going... Before we jump in, any questions, or uh, I got a couple questions about them, but let's just jump in. Our additions, obviously, Devonta Smith, first-round pick, very hype Heisman winner. Um, hopefully, he's going to address a big issue with the Eagles that has been over the past couple of years, the wide receiver position. Obviously, with Doug Peterson being fired, they brought in Nick Sirianni as head coach from Indianapolis. Uh, Brandon Brooks is coming back. He missed all last year with an Achilles. Uh, we signed Ryan Kerrigan, and then we also drafted Landon Dickerson in the uh, second round. And then obviously the big one for the Philadelphia Eagles, quarterback Carson Wentz was eventually traded this offseason, shipped to Indy. Um, it felt like after last year when he was benched, something that was just going to happen. And then uh, Alshon Jeffrey cut, Malik Jackson cut, Deshaun Jackson cut. And then guys part out via free agency. So, I mean, before I get into the questions, uh, what do you think about the Eagles going into 2021? Well, I'm excited to watch Devontae Smith. That's probably the thing I'm looking forward to most. They finally have a Heisman winning receiver from Alabama, and he looked phenomenal last time we saw him play football. But the Eagles are going to be interesting. I have no idea what they're going to look like with a new regime. You got rid of Carson Wentz. You got rid of your Super Bowl head coach and Doug Peterson. Everything kind of just flamed out with that era and kind of went from really good to really bad really fast. So uh, Nick Sirianni from the Indianapolis Colts, and then he's bringing in Jonathan Gannon as a defensive coordinator and Shane Steichen, I believe is the way it's pronounced, for offensive coordinator. And I don't really know what to expect. Um his opening press conference as head coach, Nick Sirianni, didn't exactly instill confidence as a fan. Um, yeah, just to put it on record as well, I am an Eagles fan. Both of us are. So we are rooting for the Eagles to do well. But I don't really know what to expect. The over and under six and a half seems kind of accurate because I could see him winning two games. I could see him winning six games. So I really don't know what to expect from this regime. I hope I'm pleasantly surprised and they come in and kind of write this ship fast. But we'll see. Yeah, that's exactly. I mean, it's a brand new regime. You can you can really only hope that that's all we can sit back. We sound like Jets fans now. It's <laughs> we have to sit back and we went from Super Bowl three years ago, four years ago to 
Uh, now we're in hope. So, I mean, I'm going to jump in right off the bat because this will be a big topic basically all year. It could be all year into next year. And the first question I have is, can Jalen Hurts become a franchise quarterback for this team? Because obviously when you move Carson Wentz out, and even when you draft Jalen Hurts while Carson Wentz was still there, um, it kind of began the writing on the wall. But now it is, uh, it's Jalen Hurts' football team. So do you think he can be the guy in Philadelphia, or will we be returning back to the quarterback carousel in a year or two? I don't have a confident answer in this. Um, I want to say he can be. When it be when it comes to like intelligence and like ability to play, he's an extremely hard worker. He knows how to fight through conflict, whether it was from Alabama and Tua last year getting drafted to a team that had a franchise quarterback with Carson Wentz and then not getting a start till I don't know, it was like week 12 or something against the Saints. It was late in the season. So now he gets a full training camp. He gets a head coach and a regime that's behind him. He's very athletic. He can move out of the pocket well. He's very dynamic with his feet. Um, when it comes to fantasy, I think he'll be a great quarterback. But to be a franchise quarterback for the Eagles, I'm really hoping he pans out. Uh, the Alabama connection of him and Smith hopefully is lethal. But I'm not 100% sure. I need to see him progress as a thrower and a passer. To me, it was a lot of, like, look for the first read, and if it's not there, take off and run. Um, I'm just not sure if he can get the ball down the field consistently and accurately enough yeah I mean I think when I look at Jalen Hurts I think it could almost be a coin flip it's like he could he has the mentals he kind of has the intangibles of your modern NFL quarterback your Russell Wilson's your uh, your Dak Prescott's your guys that can throw the rock and they can also get out of the pocket and make a play obviously he kind of doesn't really have an elite arm but I mean we saw in the Cowboys game last year in Dallas he kind of let one uncork and it kind of I was excited. I was like, this could be the, this could be the guy right here. But I mean, there's just too many questions to be answered with this, uh, with this team. We don't know what the, what the new offense is going to look like. Is the offense going to set Jalen Hurts up to succeed? Are they going to put too much on Jalen Hurts shoulder? We just don't know. So I'm kind of, I am on board with you. It's, I'm going to root for it because if he can be the guy, we're going to be more successful, right? If we're not switching quarterbacks every year, every two years and pulling a New York Jets or a New York Giants where we're going out getting a new quarterback, um, it'll be better long-term for us. But I'm in the same similar boat as you. I just, I don't know. I'm going to hope, but there's too many, uh, there'll be a lot of questions answered this year is now it's his team and there's kind of nobody that's waiting behind him that's going to snag the spot from him. So, I mean, it's going to lead me straight into question number two about the Eagles. Um, is Nick Sirianni, is he going to be more than just a bridge gap head coach? That's really a big one um, in my eyes. Because when we hired him, I was like, who the hell is Nick Sirianni? Who is, there was a lot of targets, Eric Bieniemy, uh, offense coordinator at Kansas City, who eventually didn't get a job. But uh, everybody kind of wanted him or another any other guy, Nick Sirianni was kind of just like a random wild card that his name leaked one day and he was hired the next day. So, I mean, I, he's, I have like 30% confidence in him. His, his opening press conference, as you said, was, it was shaky as hell. It looked like he did never had a mic in front of him before and he didn't know what to say. Look at deer in the headlights. And the problem is he's coming into a football city, right? So the expectations, even though the team isn't great, the expectations are still going to be up there to rise the team above that level of expectation just because Philadelphia is going to be Philadelphia, somebody that lived there for 20 years. Um, that's just what it is. So how are you feeling about Nick Sirianni? Is he going to be – can he be a long-term coach or will he just be at two, three years and then we're on to the next guy? 
Well, I'll say this. If it's two or three years like Doug and then we're on to the next guy, I'll take that. <laughs> but Sirianni, I, I don't know. And to the Jay, to the uh, Hertz point, when you were speaking, like to see if he's going to be successful, I want to see how Nick Sirianni runs the offense, see if how much – uh, how many touches Miles Sanders get if it's run run heavy, pass heavy. I don't know exactly what he's going to do. And I really don't know what to expect out of Nick Sirianni. He seems like a young guy. He clearly has a bright mind if he's landing a head coaching job. Uh, hopefully it pans out. I mean, I want to ask you this question. How confident were you when the Eagles hired Doug Peterson? Um, I'd say the same level, right? I was like, who the hell is Doug Peterson? And Doug Peterson was the same guy that gave Tom Brady the ball back in the AFC title game and said some garbage. Yeah, whatever he said. So, yeah, about the same, I'd say. Maybe even yes. less. <laughs> yeah, I would agree. It's just kind of like question marks. I'm rooting for him, but I really don't know. I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt, and he needs definitely needs time to – see if it works out. He has a Frank Reich seal of approval. And obviously Frank Wright was part of uh, the Philadelphia coaching staff when they won Super Bowl in 2017. He's now the head coach of the Indianapolis Colts, but those are pretty good, um, uh, pretty good people backing him. So I'm hoping he's a smart guy and he runs the offense. Well, I'm just, I really don't know what to make of it yet. I would say the 30% confidence is probably pretty accurate. Uh, I don't know. I didn't know what to expect from Doug, when he was hired, the only thing I could really take was like, oh, Andy Reid likes Doug. He's probably good. So I'm going to kind of lean the same way. I like Frank Wright. He's a he's a really good coach. So if he had the seal of approval for Sirianni, I'm going to hope that he's good as well and he works out. But I really don't know what to expect. I'm just kind of wishing for the best when it comes to the Eagles this year. Um, yeah, exactly. Just to close on Nick Sirianni. Yeah, he has a lot of uh, guys that kind of backed him and said he has a lot of energy and he brings energy to the team. And so, I mean, we can hope for the best. That's that's facts. Frank Reich, I mean, he turned out to be a damn good coach. So if he's given a guy the uh, seal of approval, I would. Also, him being young, hopefully he's a player's coach and the players will probably enjoy playing for him. Exactly. Yeah, he kind of he has that. We just got to see what he does. I mean, we didn't because obviously, I mean, even though he's the offensive coordinator of uh, in Indy, he didn't call plays. Frank Wright caused the plays over there. So it's like, how big was his role in that offense? But I mean, you can only have faith. I'm not going to come into anything and be like, the guy's going to be horrible. We just don't know. So I mean, this and then last question to wrap up the uh, Eagles before we go in and give a Prediction, I feel like this question could honestly have been number one on the board if Jalen Hurts' question wasn't so, uh, wasn't so crucial to the team. But can the O-line stay healthy? Can the defense stay healthy? The secondary's been beat up for years now, and obviously the offensive line dropped like flies as well last year. That also plays a huge part into what you can do on offense and how much time uh, Jalen Hurts has. You mentioned the one-read thing, but it's like when, you have, when you're shuffling uh, O-line, when you're shuffling O-line out there like they're uh, – chess pieces you kind of you don't really have that comfortability as a quarterback right you want to know who your left tackle is going to be for 17 games you want to know the guys you want to become comfortable with the guys in front of you as well as the wide receivers so can the o-line can this uh new regime can they keep the guys healthy yeah that seems to be the eagles problem for the last few seasons to be honest Heck, even when they won the Super Bowl in 2017, there were some key injuries. They just kind of figured out a way to get it done. Brandon Brooks is an all-pro guard when he's out there. Um, Landon Dickerson out of Alabama, he's had some injury history. So, like, (laughs) that's not the greatest sign going in. But I think if that offensive line can stay healthy, they'll be above average unit. I don't think they'll be an elite offensive line, but I think they would be, like, in the middle of the pack but towards the higher end. 
And that's going to be the key, right? Can we get Jalen Hurts protection? I think if you can get him protection, not only does he have Devontae Smith, who have Dallas Goddard, but hopefully he can unlock Jalen Rager, our first-round pick from last year, who has great speed. And I, I'm really, I don't have confidence in the coaching staff to keep him healthy, and I know it's a new training staff, new coaching staff and everything, but if I, I just have to go off prior results of the previous years and they haven't been great. But I'm I'm wishing for the best, and I think if they do stay healthy, the offensive line can be above average. Yeah, I mean yeah, the O line, yeah, they're they're old, right? They're older guys. I mean, Jason, Jason Kelsey's kind of on his last leg. Uh, Lane Lane Johnson, he's I want to say 30, 31, but he feels old. He feels like he's been around forever. He gets those injuries, and then obviously you don't know how Brandon Brooks is going to come back from an Achilles. And then you mentioned Landon Dickerson as well, kind of partially damaged goods. I don't know. He had the tour, I believe it was a torn ACL, but then he was also doing backflips at uh, Mac Jones's pro day and Devonta Smith's pro day. <laughs> Dickerson fits right in as in like he has an injury history, but if he's actually on the field and healthy, he's very good at what he does. So exactly. He feels like a grind guy. So it feels like that left guard spot, which is kind of up in the air. It's like Isaac Sayamalu, but it's like if Landon Dickerson can show up healthy and be a grind guy. I mean, he could fit in there where he could sit back for a year and just watch Jason Kelsey and then um, have a future next year. But I mean, I yeah. also expected more out of Dillard when we drafted him, he w had such a good college career, but he hasn't exactly been what we hoped. Yeah. I mean, it's really, that's another battle going into the season, him and Jordan Maliata going to battle for that left tackle spot. Uh, Dillard, I, guess, I think he said something. He unlocked a different mentality or something. I don't know what that means. I mean, we're now in year three. Like, I would have wanted you to unlock it the second that we called your name on the <laughs> stage, but it, it is what it is. Sometimes it doesn't pan out. It feels like a lot of that happens with us where they don't pan out, but you can only hope. So, I mean, we're kind of at the end of the line covering. That's all the questions I have about the Eagles. So, I guess we'll get into the big, um, what is your record prediction for the Philadelphia Eagles? I have them only winning four games at four and 13. I really hope I'm wrong. Uh, last year I had the Eagles being a good team and they were terrible. So hopefully I'm wrong again this year, but I have them only at four wins. Four wins. Yeah. You mentioned that last year. We were guys that said, Oh, the Rams are coming in week two. We're not losing to the Rams. <laughs> and we get uh, eviscerated. So that's hilarious. Um, I honestly, I did a new one. I did one, but then I looked back and changed it. I think I had us at five wins. I think it was five and 12 was our final record when I went back and kind of evaluated it. So we both have the Eagles. If you're playing the betting game, we would both have the Eagles under that six and a half win total. But even as you mentioned off the rip, it's like this is a team that could win two or three games and then they could sneak into that six, maybe push seven if the, everything hits. Type also, a key thing to look at with the Eagles schedule is it starts really rough. You got Falcons, Niners, Cowboys, Chiefs, Panthers, Bucks. You got some really good teams in the first seven weeks. So if the season doesn't start well, it'll be, it'll be interesting to see how like Jalen Hurts and the young coaches like keep their, uh, keep their game plans or how they handle all the adversity. Cause there's a good chance the Eagles start like Oh, and five, Oh, and six. Yeah, that's uh, yeah, that's not a lie. I don't really have any worry in Jalen Hurts. He's just been through the battle. Like I think he's mentally tough enough to handle it. But yeah, I do worry about Nick Sirianni. First coaching gig, you lose, you lose five, six, seven games in a row, and they're calling you Adam Gase 2.0, and you're in a serious football city where should you start 0 and 2, they're going to be tearing you down. So we definitely, yeah, that's a good uh, nail on the head with the schedule is not favorable for uh, Nick Sirianni's first six, seven games as head coach of the Philadelphia Eagles. But I mean, 
that wraps it up. Let's jump into the New York football giants. Another team that is kind of same ordeal, but different reason. I would say they didn't have near the same ex. I mean, I guess maybe you're in New York. So I guess some New York giants fans, they had the expectations, but they certainly haven't had uh, nationally like huge expectations over the past four years, three years since Eli was there. It's like they drafted Daniel Jones. They went six and 10 last year. They got pissed at us because we threw the game at the last game of the season. Um, probably just win more football games and then you won't get pissed at another team. It's a, it's a weird spot to be in. Obviously they drafted Kadarius Tony. They really wanted Devonta Smith, but the Eagles, you know, what we did baby. We uh, found a way to sneak up, get ahead of them, take Smith. They had a Kenny Galladay though. He's solid from uh, Detroit. Uh, they got Aziz Ojulari. Sorry for that botch name. Second round pick. He's a linebacker DE out of Georgia. Uh, they brought back Leonard Williams and then they signed Danny Shelton and then they got a Dory Jackson as well. And then on the losses side, they lost Golden Tate, uh, Dalvin Tomlinson, Kevin Zeitler, Jabal Sheard, Dion Lewis, and Wayne Gallman, who uh, Wayne Gallman pretty much picked up the load quite a bit when Saquon Barkley went out last season. So, I mean, what are your initial uh, thoughts and in looking into the New York football giants this season? Yeah, the Giants are interesting. They have a pretty pretty good defense, but they struggled so much last year to put up points. But now you add Kadarius Toney out, uh, out of Florida. You get Kenny Galladay, who's a fantastic wide receiver. You also sign John Ross from the Bengals. He's kind of a speedster. Who knows? Maybe he can stretch the field a little bit for him. Um, and more importantly, you get your stud running back back, Saquon Barkley, and he's he's a huge difference maker offensively. Hopefully he can keep them on the field longer for the Giants' sake. Um, you And then they also got Devontae Booker at running back to back him up now to replace uh, Wayne Gallman. But I think the Giants are going to be right in the middle of the pack. The over or under win total is seven. That feels like a pretty solid number. I could see him finishing exactly with seven. I wouldn't be surprised at all. I think their defense is going to be legit, one of the better units in the league. The question is, can Daniel Jones push the ball down the field enough? I'm not a big Daniel Jones guy. He's shown flashes, but usually they're against not great defensive units. He has had some good teams against better defense, good games against better defenses, excuse me. But I I don't know. I think the Giants are a middle-of-the-pack team. I think their defense is legit, but I – don't know if Daniel Jones is going to be able to push the ball down the field enough and if that if the Giants are going to be able to score enough points in general to win enough games. Uh, yeah, that's facts. I mean, I would agree with everything you said there. They added they added the receivers, so they're kind of like – they had a little bit of receiving issues. They had a little bit of O-line issues. I'll get into that as uh, one of my main questions about the Giants. But um, – yeah, really the first question is, is this the final uh, Is this the final run of Daniel Jones? It kind of feels like, I mean, it's year three, right? You're getting near that fifth year. Uh, the fifth year option is he's a first round on pick. Yeah, first round pick, so that fifth year option's coming into play. And it's, um, is this the final run? He, as you said, he shows flashes, but then, I mean, there's other games where he just looks abysmal. And but he could sit back on his part and say, well, you got me, a, I have a garbage out line in front of me. I'm running for my life. Uh, my receivers can't create separation. Uh, my tight end's always hurt, and he drops footballs. 
And obviously Saquon Barkley being out last year kind of really ratcheted up the load onto Daniel Jones' shoulders. And you kind of saw his his numbers take a step back from 24 touchdowns, 12 picks in his rookie year to 11. I think it was 11 touchdowns, 10 picks last year. So it's like those numbers took a step back. But, I mean, is this really the last – is this Daniel Jones' last real shot in New York to uh, to salvage his career as a Giant? I think it is his last shot. It kind of reminds me of Mitch Trubisky last year for Chicago. I think we all knew heading into that year, if he didn't perform, he's probably not going to be their starter anymore as he's now Josh Allen's backup. But I was never a Daniel Jones guy. Even when they drafted him, I think they drafted him too high. But now he comes in, uh, second year of Joe Judge's head coach. You get uh, you get to keep Jason Garrett as their offensive coordinator, so he's getting some continuity. Um, he's got another signing I forgot to mention was he's got Kyle Rudolph at tied in as well, the longtime Viking. He's got pretty uh, consistent hands. Now, the offensive line is a huge problem. Obviously, you can't be a successful football team. No matter how good of a quarterback you are, you're not going to perform well if your offensive line can't block. See Patrick Mahomes in the Super Bowl as he was running for his life. So I just think he's – Set up for success better than he was in the past, getting Saquon back and some more depth and some real, some legitimately good pass catchers. But I do think this will be his last season in New York. I don't think he's, I just don't think he has it. He's a, also, you brought up the point, he's a first round pick. So it's like kind of a shorter leash. You have higher expectations for first round picks. We see it all the time with first round picks. You kind of know, you kind of know kind of early if they're going to ball out or not. It's, it's not very common where they have a f- poor first few seasons to start the career, and then they turn it around. Drew Brees turned it around with a different uh, situation, go to New Orleans. But, like, we would, like, take Justin Herbert and the Chargers. We already know that he's legit and he's really – he's going to be really good. And we're going to see that with the quarterbacks this year with uh, Taylor uh, – the Clemson. I can't, I can't remember his name. Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence, thank you. We're going to see right off the bat – if he can play or not, like you're going to know by the end of this season. Yeah, they can get better, but like, I just don't think Daniel Jones really has it. I do think this will be his last year as a giant. Yeah, that's facts. I mean, I would sit back and I would, uh, I would agree as well. It kind of feels like when they drafted him, they just wanted to draft the weird, like the weird Duke guy doesn't fit out. He doesn't fit in New York city. Like the Duke quarterback, the goofy guy, it feels like they're going for another Eli Manning with the goofy weird, uh, weird dude at quarterback. And yeah, just flat out. It really hasn't worked. I mean, it's kind of – it's a combination of both things, right? It's what's in front of him, and then it's kind of him as well doing boneheaded things, turning the football over. But I would completely um, agree with you that this is probably the end of the road. I don't think they were going to want to jump in and discuss the fifth-year option, long-term deal. Uh, it's just not going to be on the table. He feels like a Midwest guy. Like Get him in the Midwest, some random, or some random football team where the uh, media scrutiny is not as high, where they're not waiting for you to make a mistake and then put it right in the newspaper the next day. So I would, uh, I would lean with you. Yeah. I think this is it for Daniel Jones. I mean, he could really, hell, he could come out and surprise us and ball out this year and be the future, but I just don't see it. I think this is Daniel Jones last run. I think he'll stick in the league for a while. Like he'll be on rosters as like backups and stuff, but like as being a franchise guy, I think this is probably his last run. Yeah, I mean, he has intangibles to be a backup. If your if your starter goes down, you throw him into a system with a good, uh, good, good weapons, good line, good coaching, and just kind of get him through ball games. I don't think that's a bad take at all. Um, next question for the Giants is really another big one. It's can Saquon regain form coming off of an ACL injury? Obviously, modern medicine and everything 
um, leads to he will probably be fine, but um, will there be rust there? Do you think he'll look a little rusty coming out of the gates, coming off that injury? For most running backs, I would say yes. For Saquon Barkley, I don't think so. I think he's going to be good to go week one, looking like old Saquon. He's just a freak athlete. He's just got crazy genetics. It kind of reminds me when Adrian Peterson uh, tore his ACL. He came back and won the MVP like the following year. I don't. I'm not going to say that Saquon's going to win the MVP or have like a that big of a season, but I think he'll come back and return to form like right off the bat. I think he's just one of those dudes with like. He's just elite in every aspect. He's elite physically, and I think he's just one of those dudes that recovers at a ridiculous rate. Yeah, I would. I mean, I'm going to go ahead. Sometimes there's disagreements, but I can't disagree here. I mean, yeah, he seems like a freak athlete, right? He's got tree trunk legs. Like, he just seems like somebody that took the rehab dead serious, although I didn't follow the rehab through the offseason. But he just seems like somebody that would take it ultra serious get himself to 110% and tell you I'm going to be better than I was before I tore the ACL. So, yeah, I would lean that. And, I mean, you combine that, that takes a lot of stress off of Daniel Jones to have that guy back and performing at a peak form coming into 2021. And that can also push that football club further with his production. So, I mean, last question for the Giants that I really have is, uh, can the offensive line make any improvements from last year? They lost the guard. Um, so I don't know if they really added anything to the O-line, but can maybe an offseason, I don't know, guys lifted weights better or guys learned a better technique. Can that improve? And can their, um, can their receiving core take strides? Their receiving core struggled to create separation last year. You added Kenny Galladay. You added Kadarius Tony, As you mentioned, John Ross, I don't know if he'll make the team, so I'm not going to really uh, throw his name into the mix because we don't know. I mean, they still have Darius Slayton and Sterling Shepard, so it seems like it's going to be a tough roster to crack a wide receiver for a guy like John Ross but can they jump to the next level and really start to create separation, which will uh, make Daniel Jones' life easier and make the whole offensive life easier? To answer the second part of the question with the wide receiver core, I think they'll definitely be improved and create separation. Kenny Galladay is a big body. Kadarius Toney is just a weapon offensively. He's just – I feel confident saying he'll be able to create separation. And Darius Slayton has already shown that he belongs in the league. He's pretty damn good. As for the offensive line, if I'm going to, like, specifically answer your question, can they make strides and improve, I want to say yes just because of how bad they were. I don't think they're going to make strides to being, like, a good unit. I just think they'll be better than they were last year because it's pretty hard to be as bad as they were last year. Yeah, that's facts. I mean, they had a pretty pretty bad O-line, and that's really – that starts the roots of their issues, right? The quarterback battle line really makes football team, makes even great football teams. As you mentioned, the Chiefs, it makes them look average. So, I mean, that's going to be a crucial part of can they get, I forget the guy's name, Andrew Thomas, tackle out of Georgia they took last year, maybe a little too early over guys that were still on the board. So can they um, get him to the next level and really uh, start creating something up front that'll help them win ball games? Because as you mentioned, their defense is, uh, it's pretty stout. They got a lot of speed and they added Jory Jackson. Leonard Williams is pretty legit once he got traded across the building. And I mean, Unless you have any closing thoughts on the Giants, we can jump right into the win total for 2021. Will either of us have them exceeding the seven wins? Um, I do have them exceeding the seven wins, but just barely. I think their defense is good enough, and the receiving core will be just good enough to put up just enough points to go eight and nine. 
That's uh yeah, I think I once again I did not write down when I reshuffled and kind of went through a couple games and swapped it. I think I had them at six wins. I think it was I think the Eagles five and twelve. I think I finally when I finished up with them it was six and eleven, so it's under the uh seven uh the seven wins total mark. I just think your defense can only carry so much and when your offensive line you didn't really make great improvements up front and I don't really have that much faith in Daniel Jones. I just think in a football league where the quarterback kind of determines how far your team goes, when your quarterback's a coin flip guy, I I just can't pick them to get to that next level and get a couple more wins, which they didn't have last year. But I mean, they're right on that fence where it's if the if the wide receivers are able to create more separation and make plays, and who knows that defense really jumps up to a top ten unit, top five unit, and carries them through some of these tough games. They could easily sneak up there. So it's like seven, eight, nine wins. I don't see it as impossible. But when I just went through, it is just off the rip. I had them at six Ws. So I mean, that wraps up the Giants. Now we'll jump into a team that surely makes the most headlines in the division all year long. It's once again, the Dallas Cowboys. It's I think it's their year for about the 20th straight year of my life where <laughs> it's uh, every year it's the Cowboys year. You know I mean? The Cowboys are definitely winning the Super Bowl this year. They went six and 10 last year. Obviously the injury to Dak Prescott kind of puts an asterisk, I would say for me, at least on what they're, what their record would have been because obviously with Dak Prescott they probably win games at Andy Dalton and uh wow I forget the other guy's name that played in the game in Philly but that guy was brutal um to their additions really they didn't really do much I mean they're kind of they they re-signed Dak Prescott obviously they did they kind of tied up a lot of money right they signed Zeke they re-signed Damari last year and now they get they franchise tag Dak initially but then they eventually got the long-term deal done so they have him locked up uh, they drafted Micah Parsons first round pick. I actually like that pick as an Eagles fan. I like that pick high motor linebacker will help a, uh, a linebacking core that had Sean Lee often injured, also retired now and Leighton Vander Esch has dealt with his injuries as well. So, I mean, it kind of shores up that position. Then they had Keanu Neal, another linebacker, linebacker hybrid safety. Uh, he's banged up a lot from the Falcons. He's pretty beat up. And then they drafted Jabril Cox at LSU. So they went linebacker, linebacker, and then late they got a bunch of secondary guys to um, kind of kind of hope it does something. Their secondary is pretty abysmal, so they're kind of just trying to uh, hope they can get something out of uh, some late round picks. Losing Xavier Woods, and then they obviously dropped out in Smith, who gave them quite a bit of production last year on the uh, defensive line. So, what do you see in the Cowboys? Just initial thoughts about the Dallas Cowboys. The Dallas Cowboys are an interesting football team. Their offense is probably Super Bowl quality between Dak Prescott, C.D. Lamb, Amari Cooper, Michael Gallup, Ezekiel Elliott, uh, that offensive line. They have a great offense. Dak Prescott's a very good quarterback. I think signing him to a long-term deal was a very smart move. Yes, they tied up a lot of money. It kind of hampers the team, but like we saw how bad they were without Dak. It's their defense that I think is the question marks. Now, they have Dan Quinn as a defensive coordinator. Um, this will be his first full year as defensive coordinator. He was uh, fired from the Falcons last year through the season, but the Falcons' defense looked pretty atrocious. Even when they went to the Super Bowl, the Falcons' defense is what gave up all the points. I think that Super Bowl team was more of Kyle Shanahan and that offense than Dan Quinn and his defense. But if I am going to give Dan Quinn credit, he was a defensive coordinator for the uh, – 
Legion of Boom Seahawks that won the Super Bowl, so he has the ability. Uh, he's very familiar with Keanu Neal. They both came over from Atlanta. I just don't know if the defense can make enough strides to improve. Like you said, they drafted Micah Parsons, Jabril Cox. You got Kelvin Joseph from Kentucky. And then I think they handled their draft well. It's almost all defensive players, some D tackles, some DNs. But, like, how many of them are going to actually make the 52-man roster? And then how many are going to actually contribute and make a difference as rookies? Probably not a lot of them. They're hoping Diggs can make a jump from Alabama. I believe he was two years ago drafted. I just think the Cowboys are going to be fantastic offensively. And in fantasy, I want all their offensive pieces because they're going to be, I think they'll be playing from behind and giving up so many points all the time that their offensive numbers will look ridiculous. But I don't think that's going to equate to a ton of wins. Yeah. I mean, when you look at it, the Cowboys are hoping Dak Prescott gets back to old form. Uh, Zeke starts running and they just score a ton of points. Right. And then they can kind of band-aid the defense and just hope that it does what it has to do to uh, get them through games. And yeah, they're kind of a wild card team. I mean, the win total set at nine. I think that's, it's a good mark because, I mean, they could either they, – they could really, in my eyes, they could underperform and somehow win seven or eight games or they could jump up and be 9-10, even squeeze out 11 if uh, everything goes right. But I'm going to jump in right to my first question about the Cowboys, and it's the, it's the big one. It's can Dak Prescott return to, uh, return to his form? He was really coming into his own last year before he uh, had that ankle injury that unfortunately ended his season – and uh, we never like to see that happen, even if it's a rival team. It's, he's a hell of a player. He was really taking steps forward that I hope that Carson Wentz was going to do for us. But can Dak Prescott um, get back to form and kind of lead that football team? I'm going to say he can. And for Dallas's sake, he better. Because if he's not playing to his, to his previous, previous form, they're, kind of, they're not going to be a good football team at all. I think with, like, rehab nowadays and the way Dak works because he's he's a hard worker he's just a good player he knows what to do and I'm gonna assume he comes back to form if not Dallas is in like real real trouble not just next season but for the foreseeable future but I have faith in Dak I he's very young still he's only in his like mid-20s I think he's around 26 years old 27 maybe so he's got a lot of time his body is on the right side age-wise. So I think he's going to be able to return to form. He might start slow to start the season to get back into it. But I think by, like, mid, mid-season, mid he'll be slinging the ball really well. Yeah, I mean, uh, I'm the same boat as you. I think the first couple games, maybe the first game or two, you'll see that tentativeness on the scrambles and kind of maybe holding on to the football too long. But that's kind of just – it's you can't simulate the game speed, right? They can throw it. You can be in training camp, but you can't simulate – full stadiums with fans screaming and the speed of the NFL game. I mean, even in preseason, you can't really, it's kind of, it's, it's kind of 50% effort football, 70% effort football. And you got guys battling for roster spots trying, but yeah, I mean, I'm with you. Dak's a hard worker. He seems to be a guy that's really dedicated to the craft. And I kind of respect that about him. Even as an opposing fan, I kind of respect the dedication that he has to uh, that craft. And then the stuff he does in the community, it's just, he seems like a good guy. And obviously with modern medicine, I think that he will get it back. And I think we'll see we'll see him take leaps again. We'll see him jump back right to where he was last year prior to the injury, which um, should be exciting for Cowboys fans because you guys are going to need that with uh, 
obviously the defense. I mean, I'm going to jump in right in the question number two. Will the defense improve at all? I mean, it can't get worse. Will it take – will they maybe look a little bit better with uh, adding guys like Micah Parsons that can kind of be surefire? I think they were abysmal against the run last year. Teams that you could just run it straight up the gut and get five, six yards of carry. I could be crazy, but I believe they were bad against the run. So, I mean, can that defense – can it do anything? I think it'll be an improved unit. If Keanu Neal is say, is uh, healthy and then Micah Parsons on the field, I think that drastically improves the run defense. You can really actually stuff the box. Um, I also think it depends, like, which Dan Quinn they get as defensive coordinator. Do they get Seattle Dan Quinn, who seemed, like, really to know his stuff? Or do they get, like, Falcons head coach Dan Quinn that, like, didn't seem to kind of just let the defense – like he never really made the proper adjustments on defense for Atlanta and they just seemed to give up points and points and points. And we even saw when he uh, departed Atlanta last year, the second half of the season, their defense improved drastically. So that's not exactly uh, confidence building if I'm the Cowboys, but with Dan Quinn only having to focus on the defense, maybe that's the difference. Cause uh, Mike McCarthy, he's got experience as a head coach. It's not like Dan Quinn needs to give him any kind of advice. Mike McCarthy has been in every scenario ever. Um, I'm going to say the defense is better. I think it depends if Keanu Neal can be healthy and Micah Parsons plays to his ability because you never know with rookies. Sometimes the league can be overwhelming. Maybe it takes him a while to come into form. Maybe he comes in and is good right off the bat. That'll be interesting to watch. But I think the defense will be improved. I don't think they'll be good, though. Yeah, I think the defense will take a step forward for sure. I just think the team, the team, uh, it's kind of as a whole, right? When you, when you see Dak Prescott go down and then you kind of have shoddy quarterback play and it's kind of they're put in a weird spot and the team morale kind of takes a hit. So it's like I think their whole – their morale got shot the second Dak Prescott season ended on that turf. So, I mean, I think adding Micah Parsons, obviously they have Demarcus Lawrence. He's going to have to attack the quarterback and they're going to have to try to – they still have Randy Gregory, I think. They're going to have to try to find a way because Adam Smith, I mean, he's out. He went to Seattle. He was kind of productive for them on the de- the defensive side of the ball in that line last year. It was kind of weird how Adam Smith came out of nowhere. I mean, we remember him from his 49er days where he was arguably one of the best defensive ends in the league, and then he kind of went off the grid. But I think just naturally adding a guy like Micah Parsons, high motor guy, up the middle should improve them at least a little bit against the run. I mean, he's kind of – he's all over. He can, he can – uh, Stuff run run gaps and he can get out there and cover tight ends. He's super athletic. So I think they'll take a little bit of a stride, but I just don't know, as you said, how good. I don't know. I mean, Dan Quinn, you can Dan Quinn's operating with a whole different group, right? We can go and look at his Seattle days, but it's kind of like he was operating with arguably multiple uh, some Hall of Famers out there. I mean, I don't know Bobby Wagner's career numbers, but Bobby Wagner has to be at least maybe in consideration. Richard Sherman was elite during those days. They had Cam Chancellor. It's Legion of Boom, right? They had those guys. So, I mean, he was in a good spot as defensive coordinator. It's can he take a unit with um, guys that didn't really achieve anything and they're kind of long shots. Can he make that crew of guys better? And we just don't know. I mean, him not being a head coach and only having to focus on defense, it should help him. I mean, you would imagine it helps only having to focus on one aspect of the ball. But, um, yeah, I think they'll improve a little bit, but it's just because of how bad they were last year. It's hard not to take steps up from that. And then, I mean – Last question really about the Cowboys, and this is one that maybe gets looked over. It's can that O-line Zeke get churning again? Zeke's yards per carry, of, they've consistently dropped every year since his rookie year, right? When he came into the league, that was how their team was built. It was pound the rock, get those O-linemen running. 
and uh, just let Zeke do his thing and make the quarterback's job easier. But now you've now paid the quarterback, so now Dak Prescott has expectations to put up numbers. You have the running back paid, and Zeke, he has to put up numbers. You get the wide receiver, Amari Cooper paid. You get a lot of mouths to feed right there. So can that O-line, who, which lost Travis Frederick, he retired. Basically, he was on track to be Hall of Fame center. I mean, he was ridiculous. Maybe not Hall of Fame, but he was at least – he was a Pro Bowl center every single year. Uh, Tyron Smith's been banged up. I think he was out most of last year with a neck injury. Zach Martin was banged up. Lyle Collins. Can those guys get back to doing – what uh, the Dallas Cowboys did. I think 2018, Zeke had 1,400 yards, and obviously his rookie year, he put up numbers. So can that O-line, can they regain the form that they did? I think they can, and I actually think they will, especially after not playing well last year and then all the injuries and everything you just said. I think they will return to form, and I think Zeke's actually in line for a really big season. Uh, I think he's heard and listened to social media where they – you know, Zeke's overpaid. He's not producing. The Colt were calling him fat. Now we've seen videos of him looking like more lean, explosive, ready to go. And Zeke's a freak athlete. He was like a great track and field hurdle runner. You saw him at Ohio State winning the national championship, uh, just running all over everybody. Like you said, he came in rookie year, was dominant right off the bat. I think Ezekiel Elliott and the offensive lines actually – uh, do for a really big season, and they're not gonna, you're not going to be really, really able to stack the box against Dallas because adding C.D. Lamb last year, uh, Michael Gallup's getting better, Amari Cooper. You you got to worry about those guys on the outside, and Dak can throw it, throw air it out deep, and like easily burn the defense over the top if you have the safeties creeping into the box. So I think I don't think he's going to face a ton of loaded boxes. I think you, they're going to have to worry about the wide receivers, and I think Zeke's in store for a really big season, to be honest. Yeah, I'd agree. I mean, I think when you add Dak Prescott back into the equation, along with those weapons that you uh, listed, Amari Cooper, C.D. Lamb, and Michael Gallup, yeah, they teams can't sack the box, right, because any of those guys can burn you. And now they have an actual quarterback. Andy Dalton wasn't like straight up garbage, but he, he's not Dak Prescott back there. So it's kind of defenses don't respect Andy Dalton, they'll respect Dak Prescott. And I think it's kind of crucial for them at the beginning of the season for Zeke and that O-line to kind of uh, start well, to kind of take pressure off of Dak and make him not have to carry the load off the rip. Just let him get his feet back under him and get the feeling back to an NFL football game to um, push that team forward. But um, yeah, I think we'll see a lot of the Zeke eating motion on first downs on like first and second down runs to pick up first downs. Yeah. I mean, it's essential. I kind of feel like when, when he's going, that offense is better. So they kind of need him to get going and it can open up and unlock a lot of things. Um, any closing thoughts on the Cowboys before we uh, go out with our win loss predictions? Just one last thing with Zeke and the offense, because if that's really going, you can keep your defense off the field. You can They can uh, kind of slow it down and play ball control if they really want to, kind of back to the uh, DeMarco Murray, Romo, Des Bryant days. That's how they got to 12-4 and four back then. So I know they want to do fast pace and, like, big numbers, but it wouldn't surprise me if they played same, some games just slow down just to keep the defense off the field as much as possible. Yeah, I think it's it's a smart route to take too. I mean, you're now then you're not putting Dak Prescott at risk. You're kind of you're playing smart football. You can take your calculated risks. I mean, we've watched we've watched guys like Tom Brady make their whole career off of just taking the calculated risks and playing smart football. Um, yeah, that's really it. I think, as you said, if they can slow down games, they can um, 
keep that defense off the field and kind of mask that defense for as long as they can. But I mean, for the Dallas Cowboys, I believe I had them. Um, I had them getting 12 wins. I think they had a fairly easy schedule. They had some easy division games facing the Eagles and facing um, the Giants. Obviously, they'll battle with Washington, but I had them finishing with 12 wins. I wish I screenshotted the actual like W's just to see. But I mean, just off the rip, when I went through it, I feel like they will um, they will bust through that nine win total in my eyes. And I hate to say it. Yeah, so I think this is going to be, like, the most controversial one. This is the one we disagree the most on. So I would assume you have the Cowboys winning the division at 12 wins, right? Yep. Yeah, I have Washington winning the division. Actually, I'm putting the Dallas Cowboys at 8-9. and nine. I think the defense is just going to hemorrhage points. Now, to be fair, a lot of these Cowboys games, whether it's Week 2 against the Chargers, Week 13 against the Saints, even Week 11 against the Chiefs, like, I feel like a lot of them are coin flip games. 17 week 17 against the Cardinals at home I think a lot of those are coin flip games and right now just kind of picking the schedule and I am a little biased I'm not a Cowboys guy I'm picking against them I just think they're going to be on the wrong side of a lot of just like poor defensive plays this year I think the offense will be there but I got them finishing eight and nine just under the win total hey that's fair I mean I just see when I did it they have quite a few although they have the coin flip games they have the division games in quite a few games where I think they'll be able to snag with uh, the improved quarterback play. But I mean, let's jump in straight into the last team in the NFC East, possibly one of the more interesting teams with their additions this off season. We're going to jump in and cover the Washington football team. It's kind of weird, still weird saying that, but Washington football team, they obviously won the NFC East or least last year, seven and nine. Uh, they added Ryan Fitzpatrick. I'm going to assume he starts at quarterback. They added Adam Humphreys, William Jackson from Cincinnati, Curtis Samuel, former Ohio State guy to be across from Terry McLaurin, another Ohio State guy. Uh, they added linebacker Jameen Davis from Kentucky, which can help them with uh, Reuben Foster exiting the building and then they also added tackle Samuel Kosme from I believe Texas actually and uh, with Morgan Moses out maybe he can come in and fill a role but I mean they lost Ronald Darby it's not a huge loss Uh, Robert Foster Fabian Moreau obviously Ryan Kerrigan's in Philadelphia and then Reuben Foster's sitting out in free agency so just at a glance what do you feel about the Washington football team headed into this season yeah Washington is the team I like the most in this division I actually think they're going to win the division and be the first back-to-back East division winner since I think 05 or 04 with the Eagles uh, in those good old days. But I love the addition of Curtis Samuel. Him and Terry McLaurin, is, I think, is going to be a fantastic wide receiver duo. Curtis Samuel, if, uh, I don't think a lot of people watched him in uh, Carolina. He didn't have a huge huge. Uh, he didn't have a ton of huge plays, but there was. if you watch the Panthers a lot, there was a ton of plays where Curtis Samuel beat the defender, was open, and just had bad quarterback throws. They couldn't get him the ball. And that kind of brings me to the next point of adding Ryan Fitzpatrick. He's a veteran. He knows the game well. We've seen him play extremely well. Now, we've also seen him in spurts play horrible. I'm hoping they get the Fitz magic version of Ryan Fitzpatrick because if they do, I think that offense can be – very good they added Adam Humphreys he's going to be great he's going to be really good in the slot you get um, Antonio Gibson I think is poised for a really big year at running back and then that was their big weak points right heading 
heading into the playoffs last year as they were the surprising division winners because they have an extremely good defensive line and a really good defense in general. Their quarterback play was suspect. You got Alex Smith coming off the leg injury. Dwayne Haskins clearly didn't work out. Uh, so I think adding Ryan Fitzpatrick and then Curtis Samuel I think is huge. I think Curtis Samuel is going to have a really big year next to Terry McLaurin. I think they're going to both have big years. So if I believe in that defense repeating their performance from last year and then the offensive offense making big strides, which I think they will, I think Washington is going to be a really good football team. I think that win total at eight and a half, I like the over. I think they can definitely get nine wins. Yeah, that's facts. I definitely, I mean, anybody was better than what they were trotting out there at quarterback last year, right? I believe they finished the season with Taylor Heineke in the, uh, in the wild card game against Tom Brady. And at some points they were even giving them a run for their money in that game in, uh, in Washington. So with, uh, with Fitzpatrick, I mean, they really have what they wanted, a guy that's going to gunsling and he's going to take risks. Will those risks pay off? I mean, we got to wait and see if the risks will pay off, but what we know is he's going to push the ball downfield, which, uh, boosts up, as you said, Curtis Samuel's stock as he's a speed threat and can get down the field. And then obviously Terry McLaurin, we've seen what that guy can do even with shoddy quarterback play. He, uh, he's a hell of a player on the other side. So, I mean, it's going to lead me straight in. Can Ryan Fitzpatrick come in and will, is he the missing link to kind of push them further into the playoffs and pass that, can that pass that wild card round is what I'll say. Can he be the guy? I definitely think he can. Um, I think Ryan Fitzpatrick has a chance to for this to be like his best season in the league, and he's old already. Like he's been in the league a long time. I think he legitimately has a chance because uh, he just got a good team around him defensively. Like he's going to throw interceptions, right? Because like you said, he's a gunslinger. He's going to push the ball down the field, but that defense is going to be able to cover some of his mistakes. And that, I think that's going to be huge. He's a dude that never loses confidence. He'll throw four picks and go right back out there and chuck it 60 yards the very next play. And with Terry McLaurin, he's had suspect quarterback play, to say the least, to start his career, and he's been nothing short of fantastic. So I think he'll be even better. I really like the Curtis Samuel addition. I think Antonio Gibson's going to have a big year. Um, they drafted well with Davis and Cosme. I, I like this Washington team, and I think Ryan Fitzpatrick is poised to have a really big season, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, I think he'll be good. I think he'll be better, but I just don't know because we're kind of seeing uh, – now it's going to be Ryan Fitzpatrick with kind of some expectations, right? He's joining this team. He's supposed to be the guy that's now um, going to take this team maybe a little bit further. I don't know. They don't really have, like, great – I mean, maybe dark horse Super Bowl, but it's like they have more expectations, and he has more expectations going into this if he wins. And I'm going to assume he wins the QB battle against Taylor Heineke. Um, I think he'll be good in spurts and then there'll be kind of some erratic stuff. And then they're really at the rely on the defense to um, kind of mask some of those mistakes. Cause as you said, if he's going to go out there and throw three, four picks, it kind of, you're starting to give NFL football teams three, four extra possessions and you're starting to put that defense out on the field more and it's kind of wear it down. Um, but I mean, I trust Ron Rivera. He's a smart guy and he knows Antonio Gibson. He can grind Antonio Gibson. He's obviously poised to, um, jump uh pop off this year and produce more i mean i'll just straight jump into what my second question was going to be can antonio gibson continue to build off of last year and i mean i think he can everything's set up they have pretty good their line in that middle up front and then yeah i mean just the weapons around him you can't that's another team you can't stack the box knowing that ryan fitzpatrick is willing to attack downfield and now that ron rivera has a guy that's willing to do that along with the receivers and the weapons to do that 
I think um, Antonio Gibson will certainly pop off. I mean, he's looking at easily over a thousand yards on the ground and he's even a receiving threat out of the backfield as well. So I think he will continue to build off of last year. Yeah. I think Gibson is poised to have a really good season. Um, I think the report so far is that he's in like great shape that he's, he's coming off a, a really good off season. And then he has really good, like you said, they can't stack the box because with Fitzpatrick, not scared to throw it down the field. You got McLaurin, um, Curtis Samuel. Uh, they also have a uh, Logan Thomas at tight end. Who's a pretty good tight end as well. So they have really good pass catchers. I think Gibson is poised for a big season. I think he's going to have a lot more red zone opportunities just with the offense being much better in general. I think he'll hit, have a career high for touchdowns. Yeah, exactly. I kind of forgot about Logan Thomas too. I mean, he's projecting to, it's weird because he used to be a quarterback at Virginia Tech. I believe that's the guy. Yeah. Logan Thomas, but uh, yeah, he's a big body. He's a big athletic uh, guy that can make catches, but yeah, I think Antonio Gibson will have more red zone opportunities with Ryan Fitzpatrick pushing the ball downfield. And I think he's the guy that's poised in my eyes to kind of break out the most from that group. Like I wouldn't be, so I think he's the guy that will boom over Curtis Samuel in my eyes. But uh, just to the final question I have about the Washington football team, can that defense produce at the level that they were last year right there? I mean, they were elite last year. They were scary to go up against. You didn't want to mess with Chase Young, Montez Sweat, uh, Jonathan Allen in the middle. And, I mean, that was just a legit, fast, aggressive, attacking defense. So can they can they reach that level? I mean, it's hard to see defenses that kind of – I mean, we've seen it in the history of football where defense is produced for years at the same level. But, I mean, can these guys continue, stay motivated, stay hungry, and continue to do what they did after uh, last year? I think they can. Um, you just named, like, three of the guys, Allen, Sweat, Chase Young. Like, they have a really good defensive line, and Young is like, got a taste a little bit – of like a little bit of success in his mouth from last year. I think he's going to have a big season. And like, I think they have a coaching advantage in the division. Ron Rivera is a really good head coach, defensive minded Jack Del Rio, defensive coordinator. He's around been around in the league. I think they're going to have those guys prepared to play every single week. Uh, if you go back and look at their games last year, the defense always showed up. It was always a question of can they put up enough points to win? And now I think they're going to be able to actually put up points this year. I think Washington has a chance to be one of the better teams in the NFC. Yeah, I, w- I would agree. I mean, I think they'll at least be at the level they were last year. I don't know if they'll go higher and exceed that, which would be insane if they exceeded that. I mean, Chase Young was pretty remarkable. The guy was ridiculous from a uh, from a standpoint that, I don't know, I kind of questioned after watching the Clemson game when he was drafted. I was like, can this – I think it was the Clemson where he struggled to get to the quarterback, and I was like, will he – will it really tra- translate when he gets to the next level? But, I mean, he shot everybody up last year and kind of went off in that defensive unit as a whole really carried that team. And, yeah, I mean, if Ryan Fitzpatrick puts up points, that defense, their job becomes easier, right? With shoddy quarterback play, and they're not going to be – they're not on the field too much and not getting burnt down and worn down. Um yeah, Washington, I mean, they're legit. It's just kind of wait and see what can they get on the offensive side. Can Ryan Fitzpatrick replicate, as you said, the Fitz magic? And if he does, I mean, Washington, I would say look out for them as a dark horse team in the NFC. So, I mean, any closing thoughts on the Washington football team before we jump into our uh, final win total of this episode? 
Uh, yeah, I just think I agree. Washington's legitimately a dark horse NFC team to represent them in the Super Bowl. Like, if the offense can make strides, which I think they made really good signings to make strides, and if the defense can play at a high level, which I think it will, uh, yeah, I expect big things from Washington this year. Yeah, facts. I wouldn't. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, the eight and a half number. Uh, it's interesting. Because, I mean, if they don't get the quarterback played, they could flirt with eight wins. But, I mean, when I went through and did it, I had them at 10-7, and seven, which I think – I mean, I didn't really play out the rest of the NFC, but uh, could snag them a wild card spot. I mean, there's obviously coin flip games that can happen in a season, but just off the rip, I had them at uh, 10 wins. Yeah, I actually have them at the same total number of wins. I'm big. I'm, I am high on Washington, but they do have some tough opponents this year. I have them 10 and seven, but the difference for me is I don't think the Cowboys are going to be that good. I don't, I think 10 wins will be enough to take this division. And I think they'll be uh, representing the NFC East in the playoffs. Gotcha. That's fair. That's fair. I mean, I wouldn't, I could see it. I mean, I think in my eyes, it's one of those two teams. So, I mean, it's, it's wait and see mode with this NFC East. So at this point, I mean, any closing thoughts on the NFC East as we kind of wrap up this preview? Um, not really. I Big things from Washington, and as an Eagles fan, I am extremely excited to watch Devontae Smith play football. Yeah, I'm, I'm, on, the, uh, I'm on the same boat. I kind of I want to wait and see, see what Dallas looks like, see if Dak Prescott can get back to form, see what Fitzpatrick and Ron Rivera and those guys can draw up with that uh, defense. And then, yeah, same boat with you as, as an Eagles fan as well. I kind of hope Jalen Hurts, he takes that next stride and kind of becomes our Dak Prescott and, you know, figures it out. Devontae Smith's able to create separation, which I think, I mean, he's a ridiculous route runner. I think he should be able to on paper, but I kind of hope we unlock Jalen Rager because another first round pick, you kind of want to get him humming. But I mean, it's, uh, it's going to be, it's going to be interesting when I sit back and uh, look at it and, Obviously, we have high expectations for Washington and uh, Dallas, but I think that's going to do it for today's show. I want to thank everybody for listening. Please like and uh, subscribe. Comment if you have any suggestions, as we always would love to hear your feedback. And as always, our Spotify link, if you're an audio only, will be in the description. And thanks for listening, and we will see you guys on the next episode.